1: Today is February 28th, 2022, and our first story, Vladimir Putin has placed nuclear forces on high alert. Nuclear war is now trending on Twitter, and many are worried what could come next. Peace talks seem to be failing, and more countries are taking sides. Belarus seems to be joining with Russia and are expected to join the war effort on their side. The US is shuttering embassy operations in the country. The Swiss have broken historic neutrality to join in the sanctions against Russia. Brazil says they will remain neutral, and China, of course, is backing Russia. For me, this seems like a very real potential for a World War III or nuclear war, but perhaps the sanctions will work. Russia's market is taking a major hit, so we'll see. And in our last story, a Ukrainian MP says that they're not just fighting for Ukraine, but for the new world order. And of course... This has made conspiracy theorists go off the rails wondering what that means, or if it's out of the bag and it's just what's going to happen. Now before we get started, leave us five stars and a good review, share the show with your friends, and now let's get into that first story. Vladimir Putin has placed Russia's nuclear forces on high alert. A wave of sanctions have hit the Russian economy. Their banks are being cut off. Their assets are being frozen. Reports that the ruble has dropped nearly 30 percent and more countries have begun to take sides. Switzerland is breaking away from traditional neutrality and imposing sanctions on Russia. Brazil has declared neutrality, saying they're going to wait. China, of course, has taken the side of Russia. And according to intelligence reports, Belarus is set to join the war effort with Russia. For the first time in my life, there seems to be a very real prospect for nuclear war or World War III. Now, I say that understanding I was born just at the end of the Cold War. I was only a few years uh, after I was born that the Cold War officially ended. The Soviet Union collapsed. I suppose it's fair to say there was always a real threat of nuclear war. A lot of people still don't want to believe it. They say that we're not quite there. It'll never happen or that mutually assured destruction, it can't happen, it won't be a thing. But looking at the news and seeing the economic damage to Russia, seeing the increased desperation, the the situation Vladimir Putin is being put in, or the alternative parallel global economies that could emerge from this, suggests, yeah, we could have nuclear war. But what does that really mean? I don't know if it means mutually assured destruction. I honestly don't think so. I don't know if it means Russia does anything beyond just Ukraine. But seeing more countries line up and seeing the peace talks falter, it doesn't leave me confident. At any rate, this could result in just a regional war in Eastern Europe. But this will impact you and your life. It will impact energy prices. It'll have serious consequences for inflation. And it will ripple around the world. There is still reason to believe, however, that all is not lost. There may not be anything outside of this conflict in Ukraine. It could end here. And that is due to the actions of the West sanctioning Russia. I don't know if Vladimir Putin will be able to maintain popular support or morale among Russian military as celebrities come out condemning this. Even Russian high uh, high profile individuals seemingly upset and outraged not wanting to be involved in this. As their economy takes a hit, as their money becomes worthless, as money is being offered to Russian soldiers to defect. You see, in fourth and fifth generational warfare, psych- psychology plays a huge role. And you have to understand that there are many people in Russia who use Western technology for their lives. Strange stories emerging about Russian only fans women losing their sources of income. Stories about regular people being hit by the sanctions, a potential run on the banks. The Russian stock exchange has has remained closed. It won't be opened. There are reports that Russia is ordering people to either bring their money back into the country or preventing them from sending their money outside of the country, which could indicate the economic stability of Russia is just it's unfortunately too unstable for Vladimir Putin to wage a conflict like this. And fortunately, for anybody who doesn't want war. The sanctions might actually work. But then comes China cheering on Russia, defending them because they certainly want to take Taiwan. They can provide backbone for Russia. Now there's reports about Russia trying to operate using silver or gold or potentially even Bitcoin. Apparently, China has, an, has, has some kind of operation that can sustain Russia should their economy take too massive of a hit. And for the past decade, we have been hearing, for those that have been following the news, that Russia and China have been preparing to get off the petrodollar for selling oil. I can't see the future. I don't know what to tell you. I can only give you the updates that we're seeing so far and give you one simple warning. The fog of war is real. We don't know what is true and what is false, even among trusted news sources. A lot of the news that's been reported has been wrong, and that's normal, and it's a challenge. When a bomb drops, we say who did it and why, and you'll get initial reports. Now, sometimes those reports are just wrong. Sometimes you are intentionally misled, and this makes things very, very difficult to track. We can take a look at some of these stories and to the best of our abilities, try to decide what is true and what isn't. So that's what I'm going to try and show you. I'm going to try and show you the sentiments coming from world leaders to give us a better assessment of what may happen next and how it will impact you. And of course, what we're hearing is that inflation is going to get dramatically worse when they come out and they say the ruble is dropping against the dollar and the markets in Russia are bad. You think that won't affect you? It will. It will. We import oil from Russia, or I should say, look at the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. They need gas from Russia into Europe. Europe is going to get hit. We, in turn, will get hit. Whatever happens with the Russian economy, we are tied to it as well. We won't be hurt as badly as Russia is, but this will impact you. So please pay attention, remain calm, and think. Be smart. This could all end tomorrow. It could all get substantially worse. I don't know about nuclear forces. I don't know about nuclear war or anything like that. But I will read you what's happening and give you my thoughts so far. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com and become a member if you would like to support our work, the work we do here. As a member, you get access to exclusive segments on the TimCast IRL podcast about a half an hour long, uncensored episodes with our guests. We have those up Monday through Thursday around 11 p.m. every night. But most importantly, when you're a member, what you're getting is You're funding our journalists, but we don't put our news behind a paywall. We just hope that you value it enough that you will sign up to help keep our journalists employed. Right now, we have Elad. He's on the ground covering the People's Convoy traveling the country. These trips aren't easy. They're expensive, but with your support, we'll keep doing it. Don't forget to smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share this video anywhere you can if you really want to support the work we do. And I'll get started real quick with just... Uh, 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 Just reiterating this story, you've probably already heard because it is serious. This is from Anchorage Daily News. Just choosing a local news source here. Vladimir Putin puts Russian nuclear forces on high alert as Ukrainian civilian deaths mount. What this means, whether or not Vladimir Putin is going to use nuclear weapons, I don't know. He could be saber rattling. I only tell you what's being reported. And this is true. Russia has done this. It could be a threat. It could be nothing. It could be Russia saying, we're going to do it. We are. I really don't know. I know a lot of people will comment saying it'll never happen. And by all means, you're free to believe what you want. I can't see the future. But please just be aware of normalcy bias and optimism bias, which I've been mentioning several times in the past few segments I've done covering this war. Normalcy bias is this belief that things don't change. It can't happen. No, not nothing like this. It can't happen. Optimism bias is the idea that something this bad can't happen. Oh, nuclear war. That's out of the question. No, things are going to be fine. Things will get better. Don't be biased. They could get better. It's true. Don't have a pessimism bias either. Assuming things could get worse. The sanctions may be working. Which brings me to our first story. (sighs) Stark stuff, man. Axios reports, Russian forces shell civilian areas as first round of peace talks end. Suffice it to say, many are viewing the peace talks as not going well. Axios continues. As a first round of peace talks concluded at the Ukraine-Belarus border on Monday, Ukrainian cities, including Kharkiv in the east, were continuing to face some of the heaviest shelling of the war thus far, with reports of significant civilian casualties. The latest. A senior U.S. defense official told reporters that Russian forces advanced toward Kiev by around five kilometers in the past 24 hours putting them roughly 25 kilometers outside the city center. Journalists in the Ukrainian capital are reporting missile fire and loud explosions. Russia has deployed nearly 75% of its assembled combat power inside Ukraine and has launched approximately 380 missiles so far. Five days into the war, Russia has still not achieved air superiority over Ukraine, with its ground forces running out of gas and having logistics problems. The officials said the Russians' goal continues to be encircle Kiev from multiple locations and to capture the cities of Kharkiv and Mariupol to isolate eastern Ukraine. In the town of Berdyansk, which is now under Russian control, residents shouted at the occupying troops to go home and sang the Ukrainian national anthem. Did you know fast growing trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S., with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S., I don't know. It's true. This could be true. But really, look, I don't see a reason for outlets like Axios to lie. But I do think it's it's important to question their sources. These are serious challenges. There is no reason to believe that Russia is losing this war. And often you will see propaganda videos. We're getting them. Russian soldiers laughing, being like, Russia, you are you are going to die. They're saying, Russian soldiers, you better back off now, because when you're dead, we're going to crack the cigars. I'm not speaking literally. I'm speaking figuratively. There are these videos where the, the Ukrainian soldiers are laughing. Morale is extremely important in a war. If the Russian forces feel like there's no reason for this war or that they're losing, they'll back off. You need your people to believe in what they're fighting for. Can Vladimir Putin maintain this in the face of massive Western propaganda? I don't know. I really don't. As as Russian citizens get cut off from Western economic sources and social media, they feel the pain. And are they going to believe it? I don't know. Ukraine's defense minister, Olesky Reznikov, wrote in a Facebook post, we offer Russian soldiers a choice to die in an unjust war or full amnesty and five million rubles of compensation If they put down their guns and voluntarily surrender to prison, full amnesty, surrender to prison seems a bit contradictory, I suppose, but they are offering 5 million rubles in compensation. I don't know the exact conversion, but I think that's probably only like, I think tens of thousands of dollars. I'm not entirely sure I can look up. I think there's a conversion rate. One of the stories I've pulled up at the first round of talks ended. One of the Ukrainian representatives, Zelensky uh, representatives Zelensky advisor Mikhail Podoliak tweeted that the Russian side was extremely biased. Expectations of a breakthrough remain low. Well, I, I don't I don't I don't know exactly how to how, how to tell you um, who to believe. I, I mean I don't know how to tell you what to believe because Brazil is playing neutral. Switzerland joined the fray. This is this is huge historically. Let's, let's actually get into this. Take a look at this. CNN reports Ukrainian intelligence suggests Belarus is prepared to join Russian invasion. And U.S. suspends operations at the embassy. I think this is a suggestion that their intelligence is likely correct or either they're pushing Belarus in this direction or they believe Belarus will join Russia. The U.S. suspending operations at the Belarusian embassy suggests they may be joining with Russia. Bolsonaro won't condemn Putin, says Brazil will remain neutral over invasion. Of course, we know about the BRICS economic bloc, which is uh, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and um, who's, the, who's the S? <laughs> I can't remember. Um, s. I can't remember exactly, uh, so forgive me. Fact check me on that one. But uh, Brazil, s- staying neutral on this issue... I think oh I'm sorry it's South I believe it's South Africa. Uh remaining neutral is not surprising. On Friday Brazil voted for a draft UN Security Resolution that would have denounced the Russian invasion of Ukraine despite reluctance by Bolsonaro. So this is important to point out Bolsonaro won't won't condemn Putin and says says Brazil will remain neutral. We'll see exactly how this plays out. At a press conference Bolsonaro said he spoke for 2 hours with Putin. In a subsequent statement The country's foreign minister said Bolsonaro did not speak with Putin on Sunday, but instead was referring to his conversation with the Russian leader in Moscow. In Sunday's press conference, Bolsonaro said Brazil will remain neutral in the conflict, noting Russia and Ukraine were practically brother nations. We have this major news. Russia-Ukraine live updates. Russia central bank assets frozen. Switzerland joins sanctions. Now, this is fascinating because Switzerland announced on Monday it will sanction Russia. Switzerland reaffirms its solidarity with Ukraine and its people. It will be delivering relief supplies for people who have fled to Poland. Switzerland has been famous for its neutrality. The measures match those of the European Union, of which Switzerland is not a member. This has many people thinking this could get substantially worse. Vladimir Putin is being put in a historically difficult position. It's affecting their economy, but we have more updates. This one may be the most... Um, I think damaging to the peace effort. Zelensky, in a passionate speech, urges the EU to admit Ukraine immediately. This one, in my opinion, is sickening, and is ridiculous, and I think Zelensky is playing a dangerous game. And I think this may be one of the uh, one one reason you see all this propaganda. Look, I I, I uh, um I like Zelensky. I, I think he's an all right dude, and this is this is even before any of this conflict broke out. He's a comedian and actor. He ends up uh, running for office. He wins. Seems like a chill guy. How about that? Coming out now and urging EU admittance, in my opinion, is a manipulation of the of, of the current circumstances to gain from NATO. Because you, you you've got in Ukraine the pro NATO, you've got the pro Russia. They're split. My understanding is, and again, going way back to 2014 when I when I when I talked to people there. EU is favored in Ukraine, and for obvious reasons I've mentioned before, Russia, they don't have a good track record in being in charge of Ukraine with the Holodomor. So in the, U- in, in the Ukraine, they've tried, they've, they've wanted to join the European Union. It would be a boon for their economy, but it would not work out for the EU as much. Thus, the EU has said, you need to dramatically improve your economy if we're going to let you in. Look at what happens with Greece and Spain. Their economy is, is thrown into chaos. It causes problems for the rest of the EU. We can't just admit a poorer nation into the EU. Zelensky comes out and says, well, now that we're in war, you need to do it right away. Why? It's good for Ukraine. I can respect that. But it's bad for the war effort because this is what's contributing to Putin saying, I don't want EU on my doorstep more than it already is. And I don't want I I don't want Western influence to grow in Ukraine. Vladimir Putin does business dealings in Ukraine with natural gas and oil, gas specifically, particularly among other oil pipelines. This is, look, I get it. Zelensky already is like, I don't like Putin and I'm not going to work with him. Putin already doesn't like Zelensky, but this coming out is basically flipping off Putin and saying, you give us the opportunity and we will spit in your face. Again, I can respect it. But now, in my opinion, it's not the time for uh, fanning the flames of war. But look, I don't think it's the biggest deal in the world. We knew this was the direction it was going. I just think it is like right now when you're trying to... Look, peace talks, okay? There are peace talks going on. Say you want peace, okay? Have discussions about this. This, no wonder the peace talks aren't working. That being said, Russian shelling of civilian targets absolutely wrong. But do I believe it? I'm sorry, I don't. I saw a video of shelling. That's it. I don't know what the building is. And I don't know who launched these missiles. You want me to blindly believe people in a war? You're nuts. I have a tendency to believe the US, the West and NATO over Russia or, you know, uh, um, anyone who's supporting Russia in this for sure. And I'm not going to blindly follow Twitter accounts. But I'm gonna need some legit evidence because I have questions. Why would Russia target a a civilian building? How does that benefit them in war? It doesn't. It could have been a mistake. It could have been collateral damage. These things happen. So I'm not saying I would believe Russia as a false flag or anything like that. I'm just saying, you got to tell me what that building was. Because even then, it could be, oh, yeah, the the Ukrainian military was staging in, in, in a mall. And then when Russia hit it, they claimed it was a civilian building. That could be possible. I don't know if that's true. It's speculative. What I do know is they're reporting Russia did this. okay. I'll tell you what I think. I lean towards that's more likely than not. I also lean towards I'm not going to make a definitive statement on what that really means or whether it's true or not unless you give me hard evidence, which is, which is really difficult to do. It's it, it Admittedly, is very difficult to do. How do you do it? Do you show the Russian tank with the flag on it firing rockets? So for me, I can just say the war is wrong. And so long as Russia is engaged in this war, I say they bear responsibility for this. But again, you want to claim they're blowing up civilians? Show me the evidence. And I, I I, get it. Hard thing to do. Now Russia is being hit with these sanctions. Russian banks being removed from SWIFT. I just think all of this, is, I, I don't know what you do. I got to be honest. Russia invaded Ukraine. It's bad. It was a mistake. I think it was completely wrong. Anyone who dies after this, that's on Putin. That's on Russia. That's bad. We don't need war. And if Russia was losing the influence game and the West and NATO were able to expand their powers and and bring in more countries, well, that's, you know, it's too bad. They got more to offer. Putin, couldn't you have stabilized your economy? You've got massive amounts of resources and territory. What's the problem? Oh, declining population, waning influence. And so this is the actions of a desperate man. But I worry. Sanctions could work. It could make things worse. The dude is sitting on a nuclear stockpile. And if he's already desperate, you don't need to be more desperate. But again, what do you do? The coordinated effort of multiple nations is intended to inhibit access to financial resources due to the invasion of Ukraine. SWIFT is the international payment system. Take a look at this from TimCast.com. Russian ruble drops more than 25 percent. Increased financial sanctions on Russia and the plunging value of its currency may signal political unrest for Putin. Russia closes its stock market as the ruble plummets. People in Ukraine are reportedly lining up to ATMs, trying to get their money out so they can spend it as fast as they can. Interest rates have reportedly spiked to 20, 20%. And people are worried. Is Vladimir Putin really prepared for international conflict on this scale? Is he the tip of the spear for something bigger? Or is this just a desperate action Of a man who knows he's aging out. The Russian Empire is gone. And it's the only opportunity he has to do something. I thought it was funny. There's a meme where they're like, you know, Putin could have gone out as like an alpha Chad who maintained all this power and, you know, did all this stuff for Russia. Instead, he's going to go out as a historical embarrassment as he loses and and, and blunders. And could you imagine? You know, I'm playing uh, this game. It's called Horizon Forbidden West. You may have played it. I like video games. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. In it, there's a character who basically condemned the planet. The planet gets wiped out. And uh, I wonder if Vladimir Putin becomes so desperate that he says he will fire nuclear weapons. Oh, they're nuclear deterrent, he says right now. But what if he does? And then what? In a 100 years, after we pick up the pieces of nuclear disaster and chaos, people tell stories of the psychopath that was Vladimir Putin who started this war? Now, they're going to blame the U.S. And this is where things could change. What if China comes out and says, the U.S. provoked this? I mean, I mean, they're basically saying we fanned the flames and that we initiated this conflict. What happens if Russia and China win? Well, then in 500 years, they'll this history will be written very differently. And the U.S. will be seen as the bad guys, a declining empire, the United States. And yeah, they're a declining empire. In desperation, sought to gain more and more control, but spread themselves too thin. And then, but humble resistance fighters stormed in to stop the spread. History is written by the victors. They'll write whatever they think. Russia getting hit, though. It could mean they can't sustain this. Take a look at this. We have this this graphic from Daily Mail. Sanctions placed on Russia by governments around the world. Japan has sanctioned Switzerland, the EU, Canada, the US, UK, Australia, New Zealand, Taiwan. Look at this photo. Vast queues have been seen outside Russian ATMs, despite the country's central bank hiking interest rates in a bid to stop a run on the ruble. Yeah, you keep your money in that bank account and watch those interest rates rack up free cash for everybody who's got money. Yeah, except your money won't be worth anything. So maybe you should spend it. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't I think the people of Russia they'll probably say our life got worse because of this conflict for what really to oppose some fear of an expanding West for Putin's ego for some noble cause depends on what you believe in the media that you consume and what you watch now my fear is for the international conflict could this be World War three. Former top Pentagon officials are going to Taiwan in show of support. Really? This to me is crazy. Right now? Yo, China is not happy. The New York Times, why the Chinese internet is cheering Russia's invasion. And we're sending people to Taiwan. Okay. Dominoes falling over. What can I say? Dominoes falling over. The New York Times says, as the world overwhelmingly condemns the assault on Ukraine. Online popular, uh, online opinion in China is, is mostly pro-Russia, pro-war, pro-Putin, as the world overwhelmingly condemns. What does that mean, the world? Yeah, us, the U.S., NATO, the West. China is certainly part of the world. But I want to show you this. I don't know if this means anything, but we could be seeing World War Three happening right before our eyes. There have been numerous stories about hackers, anonymous, Russian civilians hacking infrastructure, jamming up train stations or banks. There's a viral video showing a guy trying to charge his car in Russia, but it was the, the, the car charger was hacked and it says, you know, what was it long live Ukraine! Victory Ukraine! And he can't charge his car. Are these just the ideologically driven citizens of a nation? Or are these government actors feigning uh, involvement, or, or, you know, not not feigning involvement, um, feigning uninvolvement. Oh, it's not us. Just these crazy hackers disrupting your infrastructure. Japan measures uh, targeting exports of semiconductors, assets, asset freeze placed on financial institutions, suspension of visas for Russian individuals. And then we get this story That's ChumbaCasino.com.
0: No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
1: From today, Toyota suspends all Japan factory operations after a suspected cyber attack. Toyota said it will suspend factory operations on Tuesday, losing around 13,000 cars of output. After a supplier of plastic parts and electronic components was hit by a suspected cyber attack. Could that have been Russia? Do you think that Vladimir Putin would start a war without being prepared? Honest question. I think the answer is no. It's possible the answer is yes. Considering Russia's cyber capabilities, I wonder if we're making several mistakes. Underestimating Russia, you should never underestimate your your adversary in a war. The assumption that uh, things Putin is doing make him, you know, appear weak. What did Sun Tzu say? When you are strong, uh, appear to your enemies as weak. They'll make mistakes. You don't want... Would Putin want the West to know what their true capabilities are? Now it's possible Russia is just not nearly as powerful as they they are. And that we actually do know. And we actually have good reason to outright say, you're weak and you can't do anything about it. But what if there's the risk that Russia actually has developed some kind of cyber weapon capability or weapon we don't know about? And that we're walking into a very, very dangerous situation. And we're the ones projecting strength. That's what I find interesting. Sun Tzu says, when you are strong, make your opponent feel you are weak. You know, you want to throw them off. Appear weak when you are strong. Appear strong when you are weak? What about what the West is doing? Coming out and saying, we're winning, we're the best, we're the strongest, and Russia is failing? I'm concerned about that. So I think you got to be careful about the propaganda. Because we don't know. We don't know, and it doesn't matter whether they're strong or weak. What matters is we end this war and we end it as, as soon as we can with minimal casualties and collateral damage. I hope the peace talks can work, but I feel like dominoes are lining up. Over in uh, D.C., they've got 700 National Guard being deployed. The Ring of Steel has been deployed fencing up at the Capitol. Things aren't going well internally for the U.S. Could it be that the U.S. is weakened, crumbling, the Achilles heel, the culture war? And so we are desperately trying to project strength at a time when we don't have it. This will hit you. Inflation will be worse than feared this year, Goldman Sachs predicts. The inflation picture has this, worsened this winter, as we, expect, as we expected, and how much it will improve later this year is now in question. Given that uncertainty, Goldman Sachs is raising the, its inflation outlook, a jump from the previous forecast of 3.1 to 3.7. Goldman now expects consumer prices, which rose to, a, to 7.5, to cool off to 4.6 by the end of the year. But it's going to be worse than we thought. Here we have from the Daily Mail, prices of gas jumps to a national average of $3.61. It's almost four bucks out here. Up almost a dollar on last year as price of oil spikes following Russia's invasion of Ukraine. It won't be overnight. What's happening with the war is going to impact everybody. First, the invasion. That's going to, that immediately impacted speculation. Gas imports. Soon we will see a ripple effect when it becomes harder to get gas, which means with demand being so high, prices will go up. But then you have the sanctioning on Russia, which means people in Russia who buy and sell won't be, which will slow economic activity. And then we're going to see a major supply cutoff. Certain goods, notably natural gas, oil. With supply going down, demand remaining the same, you're going to see prices go up. It's going to ripple outward. It will reach you. I hope you're paying attention to all this stuff. I don't know if nuclear war is on the table or anything like that, but I think it's fair to say that whether this news, whether any of it's true, whether any of it's false, I can tell you this. News impacts economics. Okay? People are going to see this. Speculators are going to start buying oil. They're going to start buying up stock in companies, futures. And then you're going to see the prices go up. I don't know what you should do. I think you should just stay calm. Keep this in mind. Make sure you've got your first aid kit, some water, some emergency food. Have a plan. Know your exits. I uh, I would not want to be living in a city right about now. You know, we're about an hour outside of D.C., maybe about 50 miles. And that's a little too close for comfort, in my opinion. That's where we are. But we know our routes. We know our, we know our exits. And we've got backcountry roads and we've got all-terrain vehicles. I don't, I don't want to believe we'll get to the point where like air raid sirens are going to go off and they're going to be like duck and cover. Maybe for the first time in my life, it actually feels like there's a real prospect for nuclear war. And I'll outline it to wrap this up. I was a kid during the Cold War and it was dwindling. It was kind of, you know, I don't know, the Soviet Union was falling, but I wasn't old enough to experience that or understand it. That's why I say for the first time in my life. Russia invades. They blame the West. Belarus says, or, you know, it's expected they're going to be joining with Russia. They've got Russian troops in their country already. Then you see other countries start taking sides. Switzerland saying we're no longer neutral is scary. China joining with Russia. More countries are aligning. China wants to take Taiwan. So how long? You know, what's the next step? It could be the sanctions work. China doesn't want to risk losing assets in trade. They like being rich. They like having access. Or ideology could take over. China says, U.S., your time is done. We are taking over, and we are not going to be bossed around by you anymore. We don't care about your economy. You can't offer us anything. They side with Russia, their neighbor. Russia is now bolstered, wins Ukraine, takes Belarus, expands. Latvia and Estonia freak out. What happens next? I don't know. Wish I had all the answers. I'm sure a lot of people are going to say it's never going to happen and it'll end here. But I ask you how we got to that point. I also feel like in the U.S. we are still facing the prospect of a civil war. And maybe that's the real issue. Maybe the, the, the liberal economic order or Western countries know the U.S. is facing a very real crisis within its own borders. And thus, the U.S. could falter. Donald Trump was huge. You know, his election changed everything. The powers that be, the Democratic establishment, the Republican, the neocons. When Donald Trump got elected, their power was seen to be faltering. You know, there was blood in the water. The sharks will come. And maybe they know it and they cannot get a handle on things anymore. Maybe Putin knows it. Maybe that's why he's taking this action now. Maybe he knows these sanctions won't stop anything. Sure, they'll face hardship. But he's confident, isn't he? Or he's crazy. I'll leave it there. You decide. Comment below. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast Thanks for hanging out, and we'll see you all then. Well, I can only say that this past weekend has been exciting. And I want to make sure you understand the definition of exciting. I don't mean in a positive way. I mean in a rousing extreme emotions kind of way. Because we have a few stories which are eyebrow-raising. First, from TimCast.com, Putin orders nuclear defenses on alert. The Russian president placed his forces on high alert and readiness for the deployment of nuclear weapons. We also have this story from the Daily Mail. Putin's propagandist-in-chief has threatened the West with nuclear destruction. Just hours. And the Russian leader put his deterrent forces on alert. Now, you may be saying it is all but saber-rattling from Russia, Except, my friends, from the week, U.S. officials, Belarus is preparing to join Russian invasion of Ukraine. Okay. Perhaps there is a very real threat of nuclear annihilation. I don't know what you should do. I don't know if you should believe any of it. There's a lot of propaganda out there. And what better propaganda to rile up the West into supporting a war effort in Eastern Europe than to claim their very existence depends on it. It's a difficult situation, isn't it? I'm not going to pretend that uh, everything's fine, and I don't want to overhype and make everything sound ridiculous, but these are the headlines that are coming out. Whether or not you choose to believe them is going to be something you choose to do. Certainly, there are a lot of people who are posting online that, you know, they think Russia is right or whatever. I certainly think Russia is wrong or whatever. I think uh, what we were seeing in Ukraine was, was was an influence war that Russia was losing, so they pull a hot hand. When, you know, Joe Biden pulled his crackpot crony corrupt BS in Ukraine, I think it's disgusting. Putin was losing that fight. And so he decided to go hard invasion. Some people would argue, you know, basically, basically, you're saying you, you have people coming out saying, well, you know, Joe Biden was doing these things. And it's like, look, man, Joe Biden coming in and offering up money and throwing around the influence of the West is it's it's bad. It really, really is. And there's no justification for war. Sorry. Russia could have offered way more money. There's a lot of things they could have done before we got here. And I, I don't want to make it seem like it's only the apocalypse. You know, we've got these big stories that I think are really important. But we do have this story breaking right now. This is a Russia and Ukraine are meeting for peace talks. And then the Fox says Russia shells Ukraine's second largest city. So Kharkiv is apparently getting um, getting shelled. There's videos come out coming out saying it's a shopping mall. I don't know if I don't know if I believe any of it. A lot of the information that we were told is apparently fake news. I'm gonna ref- I'm, I'm gonna refrain from getting too much into it until we can get the hard fact checking on it. But there's apparently reporting that uh, some of the footage of the ghost of Kiev was actually just a uh, uh, video game or simulation footage, like it wasn't real. And that there's, uh, but I, I don't know if the story is true or not. I've not seen any evidence the story is true. I've just seen propaganda. You've also got the story about the guys from Snake Island who apparently like refused surrender. Now it's being reported they did surrender. Look, I've not seen any evidence of any of these stories being true. And that's why I'm, I'm like, I don't need to say it's false. It's not been proven outright. You know what I mean? So uh, my, I can say this. It could be. It could be. I, I've done dig. I, I've been digging through stuff and fog of war, man. Propaganda. What I can say is we've got these stories about nuclear war. We've got stories about the U.S. cutting off Russia's central bank from the dollar. This is getting intense, man. Okay? So when we see that Russia's like, hey, nuclear defense is on alert, I'm going to go ahead and take that a little bit uh, more seriously. So we've already been making um, basic preparations uh, for a while now because we've expected things to deteriorate. We didn't think, you know, like, I say we like me, my friends, the crew. I didn't think this was going to be it. We, were, we thought it was going to be some kind of, kind of internal conflict, but we have a very real possibility for uh, nuclear war. Maybe it's one percent. Maybe it's not even one percent. I honestly don't know. But when you see stuff like this, Belarus joining the Russian war effort, at least that's what they're saying. but we, we, we knew this was likely because Belarus has, the tr- has Russian troops on their in their country, and Russia invaded Ukraine from Belarus. At least it's being reported. I'll, I will say one quick thing before we get into all the news. Yes, there's a lot of propaganda. The propaganda is obvious propaganda. Like, there's this really stupid Megamind meme that was, like, on Reddit. And it was, like, the size of Ukrainian heroes' balls. Mega. And I'm like, okay, that was made by someone who doesn't know what a meme is. I know know there's a Megamind meme. I get it. But this was, like, lowest of low tier. Do better. Ghost of Kiev's cool story. It's like an ace fighter pilot took out six Russian fighter jets. I don't know if it's true or not. All I saw was a screenshot of some fighter jet. And some videos of it flying around. Some reports have come out saying that it was uh, some of it was simulated footage. So I don't know what's real or not. But th- that's a cool story. That's cool propaganda. Snake Island. That's cool propaganda too. So I don't know what to believe. I will say though, when you get basic stories like Russia and Ukraine are meeting for peace talks, like, like very obviously true. You, you, like there's videos of them meeting. Trump confronting NATO. Like there's videos of it happening. Now, as for shellings or things like that, you got to be careful because people are posting videos from other wars and other conflicts. There's a video of a girl speaking uh, uh, Arabic to a guy. I think she's speaking Arabic. And people are claiming it was Russia. They're putting up fake videos. That's stuff you got to watch out for. Now, before we get started, I don't often do this, but considering the circumstances, we're going to do it. SafeAndReadyMeals.com. First and foremost, full disclosure, sponsored spot. When you buy from Safe and Ready Meals, you are supporting uh, our work here directly. And so we're we're really grateful to safeandreadymeals.com. I believe in this product. I have a, a, a ton of this stuff. I would say we have a lot. I would say we have an absolute lot. So safe and ready meals, they're, they're freeze-dried. Well, not freeze-dried, but they're dried meals. They last up to 25 years. You, you, you They're in buckets. You put them in your closet. You forget about them. I think, you know, it's something you should be considering And I think you should be considering inflation, too, because, man, did inflation just give me a cold wake-up call the other day. And as war is breaking out, it's going to get worse. So let's just say this. Have some emergency food and water. If not from safe and ready meals, from anywhere else, okay? There could come a time where supply lines are disrupted, roads are disrupted. You don't know. And it's not even about this conflict. I normally, I I don't, I, I rarely do these spots, maybe like a couple times a year. But it's only when we have a really serious emergency I genuinely think you should have this. You have a first aid kit, right? How often do you use it? Not all that often. I think uh, I got a cut on my hand. Like I cut my finger opening a box like three or four months ago. And I put it. Where's the first aid kit? I need a band-aid. But we got stuff in there we almost never use. EpiPens and things like that. But you have it, right? You're more likely to need to eat than you're going to need to inject an EpiPen. But people have these things. So that's why I think this is important. Again, safeandreadymeals.com. Put it in your in your closet. I want to make one more point too here, uh, just as an aside, man. Things are getting really bad, and uh, I, I hate to say it because people are you know are always like Tim, give me good news, something good happening. Look, I don't, I don't, I don't. The news is has been in a downward spiral for some time. We've had escalating conflict. I will just say this: the night is always darkest for the dawn. Things will get better. And while we have these bad things that are going on, never forget the ground in front of you. That while this conflict is happening, you still got your, your your faithful hound, for which you can sit down on the sofa and put on Netflix and hang out and have pizza with your friends. These things exist. Don't just get wrapped up in the negative. But I'm sorry if the news is too negative. If, if these things are happening, you are better off knowing about them, being resilient, staying calm, and understanding, Right? But I want to mention, too, before I get into the story about nuclear war, we went to pick up beers for the uh, uh, so liquor for the castle. We have two things for Timcast IRL for our guests. We have alcoholic beverages and we have caffeinated beverages. Sometimes people are really nervous. You need to have a, you know, an, a, a nice drink. And so we have really nice stuff. If you watch Cast Castle Vlog, you can see we get the best of the best. Really expensive. I think the prices were up like 40% on our normal purchases. I'm not even kidding. Like we went out and I couldn't, I I was just like, first we went to the liquor store and I was like, we're going to need some more, you know, whiskeys, the good stuff. And they told me the prices had doubled. And I was like, we can't, we, I can't buy that. Like that's, that's insane. Looked it up online. Prices are skyrocketing, like doubling. And so I'm like, well, we got what we got. And I'm thinking to myself, maybe I need to buy it now, even though it's more expensive. It's only going to get worse. Went to get beer. Very expensive. Granted, we went to a, a local brewery with like some premium stuff. Because like I said, but the prices have, have gone up. Like, I think like 30%. Across the board, man. It's not just this war stuff breaking out. This war could absolutely escalate to affecting you. And, and the reason I say all this stuff, because I think it will have an impact at you on home. Chance favors the prepared. Whatever is going on, if you don't want to hear, look, anybody who's like, "I don't want to hear the bad news, I don't want to hear the chaos. by all means, you know, don't watch and I'm sorry that, that this is the case. But I think those of you who are willing to confront and face down this, this news and information, you'll be better off. You'll be more likely to succeed and survive and keep your friends and your family safe. Vladimir Putin, in a meeting with top officials, declared that leading NATO nations had made aggressive statements raising concern. These statements, along with Western countries imposing heavy financial sanctions against Russia and Putin personally, are being viewed as an act of aggression towards the nation. Sunday's alert order implies Putin has ordered Russia's nuclear weapons prepared for advanced willingness to launch. In response to outrageous aggressions, the president told the Russian defense minister and the chief of the Russian military general staff to position the nuclear deterrent forces in a special regime of combat duty. This is insane. Western countries aren't only taking unfriendly actions against our country in the economic sphere, but top officials from leading NATO members made aggressive statements regarding our country. Take a look at this story from the Daily Mail. They say Vladimir Putin's propagandist-in-chief has threatened the West with nuclear destruction just hours after Russian leader put his deterrent forces on alert. Speaking on nationwide TV, amid a frenzy of anti-Western rhetoric, TV anchor Dmitry uh, Kiselyov, I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, told viewers, Our submarines can shoot more than 500 nuclear warheads. This would guarantee destruction of the USA and all other NATO countries. He's not wrong. In accordance with the principle, why do we need the world if Russia isn't there? Russia's nuclear arms are delivered by the world's fastest strategic bombers. That's without even mentioning. Russian strategic missile forces. The Russian nuclear potential is the strongest in the world. That is true. Well, I should say it's uh, true in a sense. It has long been true that Russia has substantially more nuclear uh, weapons than uh, the U.S. or anyone else. But it doesn't necessarily mean they're the best, but they do have a lot more. Today, our Russian nuclear triad is on high alert. Putin did warn the West, do not try to scare Russia. Russia. I believe him. I think Vladimir Putin would do it. I do. You got to understand the Western sphere of influence, NATO, they're expanding. They've been expanding and they're extremely powerful. Of course, the U.S. is the main player in NATO. Vladimir Putin is staring down a declining empire, a a a collapsed empire. What do they have left? They are facing NATO expansion, EU expansion, Western expansion, liberal economic order expansion everywhere. And it has now come to their borders. Belarus, of course, is getting ready to deploy troops to help Russia with his invasion of Ukraine. So why is this happening? As I mentioned earlier, Joe Biden, I think, is crooked. I think he's corrupt. And I think the US and Europe were using dirty games to, to, to gain control of Ukraine. There was the ousting of Yanukovych in 2014. But to put it simply, you have corrupt games being played for political power. Welcome to the world. It's like Game of Thrones or, I don't know, maybe Yellowstone or whatever. I haven't watched Yellowstone. But it's political influence games to gain control of resources
0: 18 plus.
1: And if that's supplanting hot war, I'm I'm all for it. I'm I'm against all of the dirty politicking and manipulation and 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 everything like that. But if the alternative is we go in and blow each other up to take control of countries and kill people, yo, just it's it's almost like what Joe Biden was doing was a de-escalation of modern warfare tactics. And it's subversive, and I think it's still wrong in a lot of ways. But I will take that over hot war, sanctions, uh, guaranteed loans. Now, I will say this. All of that stuff is on a certain level, like if the U.S. is like, hey, Ukraine, we're going to give you a billion dollars side with us that I get when Joe Biden plays dirty games, he should be held accountable when Joe Biden goes in there and threatens them because his son's on a company on the board of a company and he's getting paid 10 percent for the big guy, they say that guy should be in prison. That is never acceptable. Well, because of these things, Vladimir Putin's like, first, he's lost the influence war. You've you got to understand, it is, not just, it is not just that dirty games are being played by NATO. I know Tucker Carlson has brought that up, and it is true to varying degrees. The people I've met in Ukraine and talked to, there is massive European support. Russia, as part of the Soviet Union, carried out the Holodomor. A genocide on Ukrainians. There is not. There is more support, in my experience, could be wrong, for Western trade than Russian. But in the East, where Russia borders Ukraine, they support Russia. And Russia is not the Soviet Union. But keep that in mind. It's hard to know, man. It's hard to know what's going to happen. But I will say, when Vladimir Putin is staring down, what? He's staring down a new world order for which they will be, sub- they, they will be uh, um, subjected to the whims of the Davos group, Vladimir Putin's not going to accept it. This tweet is getting a lot of traction. This this story. Fox News reports not backing down. Ukrainian parliament member on inspiring civilian resistance. We know that we not only fight for Ukraine, we fight for this new world order. Interesting. What is that new world order? Well, it's funny that there's been a discussion about a new world order for some decades. At first, it was said that it was a conspiracy theory. Now it's just popping up everywhere. We're seeing people who um, over the past year, two years, had lied about COVID and had manipulated people now saying things like we are all Ukrainians today. And I'm creeped out by it. Ukrainian nationalism, but not American nationalism. Why does that make sense? Oh, new world order, I guess now you understand a little bit why Vladimir Putin is willing to use nuclear weapons. Putin apparently said something like the, the uh, global, um, what did he say? Like the, the world falling under the rule of one liberal order has failed. It doesn't work with, the, with our, our multicultural globe. You can't have one liberal economic order controlling everything because people don't agree. Different cultures have different ways of living and it's not working. However, they're now on the border. They have now reached the entirety of, of, of Russia's border. Now, you, you, there is the argument. Russia claims like, oh, NATO, on, on my border, I can't allow it. Except Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania. And Lithuania is not on their border, but, you know, Latvia, Estonia. They're NATO countries. But this is Ukraine, the final, the final measure. NATO, the World Economic Forum interests, the Davos group types, the international elites... The IMF, they're going to be on Russia's, Russia's doorstep. And that means after Putin's gone, he's almost 70. That's it, Russia falls. Putin won't stand for that. I think he's the kind of guy who's going to be like, meh, I'll blow it all up. Try me. And they know it. That makes him a very dangerous man. I don't know who you, uh, you know, I, I, I'll put it this way I, I think Joe Biden's a bad guy, but I stand by his interests in owning property in Delaware. Like, I, I don't trust the guy. I don't think he cares about America. I don't think he cares about me. But I think at least he cares a little bit about the property he owns in his state, right? And that's the best I can do. In ter- like I think Joe Biden's crooked as they come. We desperately are in need of an election and, and, and a better president and, and a better Congress. They want to bring our Customs and Border Protection Guards from the southern border and send them to Poland for refugee processing. And I'm just like, U.S. is getting gutted, man. New world order. That's fascinating, isn't it? Maybe I'll dive into that for the next segment, but let me, let me come to this point. U.S. cutting off Russia's central bank from U.S. dollar transactions. And this is where, this is what I was saying. You know, the SWIFT payment system, we've got reporting that uh, Japan is apparently on board saying they'll, they'll play ball with cutting off Russia from SWIFT, this is international banking transactions. Now the U.S. is cutting off Russia's central bank from the U.S. dollar. This will affect you. We are we import Russian oil. Uh, it goes on the international market. It's sold in U.S. dollars. If Russia is no longer going to be selling oil, we ain't getting it. You, Europe ain't getting it. Prices are going to go up dramatically, and they already are. It's like four bucks a gallon out by me. Four bucks, and we're in the middle of nowhere. It's supposed to be cheap here. Some parts of California, it's already at six. It will get worse. Look, man, I'm not saying that to drag you down. Be resilient. Be strong. Stand up and just be like, okay, let's see how this goes. This plays. But pay attention to this stuff. I'm not saying rush out and buy gas. I do think this will impact um, speculators. They're going to go out and they're going to buy stuff up. I just think you need to know. You need to pay attention. I think gas prices are going to go way up. Cutting off Russia's central bank, you are untethering them. Right now, Russia does have a reason not to blow up the West. I tell you what, man... You cut them off, a man who's already, you know, nearing 70 and says, it's not going to happen and I won't allow it, who's already saying he's prepared to use nukes. And then you say, we're going to remove any, any reason for you to stay on board. What do you think he's going to do? You, 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 let, you unleash him. I don't know, man. The Telegraph reports, what nuclear weapons does Russia hold and how likely is Vladimir Putin to use them? The Russian uh, president put his nuclear forces on high alert. They say the U.S. immediately denounced the escalation. On Monday morning, Ben Wallace, UK's defense secretary, accused Russia of posturing. Russia has about 35,000 nuclear weapons after the fall of the USSR, and now has the world's largest stockpile of non-strategic nuclear weapons. About 90% of the world's nuclear weapons are owned by Russia and the United States. The Federation of American Scientists said that Russia leads the world with 6,200 the U.S. has 5,600, France has 290. Russia deploys 1,456 strategic warheads on 527 intercontinental ballistic missiles, bombers, and submarine-launched ballistic missiles. It is in the process of modernizing its nuclear delivery system. They say Mo- Moscow is limited to 1,550 strategic warheads under the START arms reduction treaty. Some estimates claim Russia has another 280, 2,889. The UK has about 225. Before the fall of the USSR, thousands of nuclear weapons were stored in special sites scattered across the Soviet Union. Ukraine, Belarus, Kazakhstan agreed to become non-nuclear states after independence. Now, how likely is it? They say most experts predict nuclear war would never happen due to the enormous potential cost. When countries are using cyber attacks, when they're trying to degrade each other's conventional capabilities, which also support nuclear capabilities, there are fears among Russia's watchers that Putin's behavior has become more erratic and less predictable. There's no evidence to suggest that he is suicidal or eager to initiate the use of nuclear weapons. That doesn't mean things can get out of control. It has been said, I haven't, I, people people have told me this, I haven't fact checked, so fact check me on this one. I was hearing a little bit, that Putin does not believe in mutually assured destruction. Now, I don't know if that's true for Putin, but I can tell you this, I don't believe in mutually assured destruction. This is the idea that, let's say Putin fires a nuke, then the U.S. says, well, if they're firing nukes, we'll fire them. It's like, the ga- you ever see War Games or whatever I think the movie was? One country, fi- oh, no, 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 uh, G.I. Joe is a good example. Yeah, the, the G.I. Joe movie. One country fires their nukes. So they're like, "If you're, you know, we're going to nuke you back. And then everyone starts firing the nukes. I don't believe that would happen. I really don't. I'll give you an example. There's this famous story. You're going to have to look it up. There was a guy in a submarine, Russian, Soviet sub. They got a false alarm that the U.S. had fired nuclear weapons. They were under orders if that was the case. Launch missiles in retaliation. And this guy said, no, he wouldn't do it. He wouldn't do it. Even though he thought a nuclear missile was going to hit Russia or, or Soviet Union, he wouldn't do it. Here's what I believe. I believe people are scared. I believe that there are some people who are trigger happy and some people who aren't. And I believe that you will more likely see m- most people. Now, I think I think world leaders might be despotic and sociopathic. And they're the kind of types who are going to be like, I'll fire the missile. But you're going to get some dude who's going to be staring at the button. And they're going to be like, fire it, fire it. And he's going to be like, I, 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 I can't do it. Because you need to understand that even if a nuclear warhead is barreling down on you, you're not asking someone to stop the nuclear warhead. You're asking someone to kill 10 million people. You see? That's why I think the idea is, is, is it's not true. I think Vladimir Putin knows that if he fired a nuclear warhead at us, we would not fire a nuclear warhead on him. Now, we may invade and every other country invade, but it would not be mutually assured destruction. And then there's the risk of if you invade, does he fire more? Again, I will stress this point and think about it seriously. If someone said a nuclear missile is headed towards your city, we can't stop it. You can, however, fire a a nuke to blow up the capital of their country, killing millions of civilians who probably don't even agree with the war in the first place. Why would someone choose to do that? Well, if I'm going to die, I'm going to kill you too. I don't think that makes sense. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Maybe all of this is posturing. I don't know. I guess we'll see. But I hope you remain on high alert. I hope you have a bug out kit. Nothing crazy. I'm not telling you to buy 30 years worth of beans or anything like that. Safeandreadymeals.com. And and, and, and do it before the prices skyrocket. And, I, and I'll say it again. When you buy from them, it's it's a sponsor spot, right? I only do it when I think it's really necessary because I don't want to be, you know, coming out here and be like, everybody buy food. The world's ending. I don't know if the world's ending. I really don't. I don't want you to panic. I don't know. I'll tell you what I did. I bought it. I bought a bunch. For the crew, we have around 30 employees or a little bit more. Maybe more, man. Wow, we're grown. Couple weeks worth. Couple weeks worth maybe. Maybe a month. We have a lot, but not for 30 people. Because I'm not, I mean, this is a workplace. I'm not thinking, I have not prepped for the apocalypse, but there are some places you can check out, like Fortitude Ranch. We had uh, Steve Renee on. I don't know if you need all that stuff. I really don't. You have to decide for yourself what you need to do and, and how seriously you take this stuff. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this. Sifting through all of the propaganda is proving to be a very difficult task, even for me and my associates over here at TimCast.com. It's not the hardest thing in the world, but boy, is there a lot of propaganda. And trying to make sure we can tell you what's actually going on, honestly and truthfully, is very, very important to us. Who's the good guy? Who's the bad guy? Well, we're Americans, so we, for the most part, side with the U.S. in this one. My view on what's happening in Ukraine very much involves a corrupt and crooked Joe Biden, but also a desperate and angry Vladimir Putin. But there are a lot of angles here that have a lot of people asking questions. And now we have this story, which has lit up a lot of people on the internet. uh, 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 New World Order was trending for, for quite a bit on Twitter because a Ukrainian member of parliament said that we know that we not only fight for Ukraine, we fight for this New World Order. And whenever people hear that phrase, It raises uh, red flags. Alarm bells go off because there is a conspiracy theory, call it whatever you want, that there is a rising, an emergent totalitarian global regime, that there are powerful international elites who want to control your lives. Well, call it whatever you want. I think to a certain extent that's true and that's common sense. Yes, powerful elites, billionaires, millionaires, politicians, princes, kings, princesses, whatever you want to call it. Dukes and duchesses, powerful individuals want control. That's not a conspiracy theory. That's humanity forever, even now. So if you were to come to me and say that there's a powerful group of global elites that are working together in a sense to uh, solidify control over the, over the planet, I'd be like, yeah, I know, but like, I, I, in what way? Are we talking about a cabal of people underground that wear crazy robes and walk up to each other and drop their hood and say, tell me, oh, master, what shall we do? Or is it like rich dude has conference with other rich dudes and politicians are involved and they all argue with each other? There's something called Bilderberg. You ever hear of it? Global elites meet in this uh, secret meeting. For a while, they said it was a conspiracy theory that it didn't happen. There was no Bilderberg. Then you had journalists like Luke Rutkowski, if we are change, going down there and trying to interview these people. Of course, they don't want to be interviewed, these very powerful and wealthy individuals. And then eventually they came out and said, well, yeah, Bilderberg is real. It's just we don't allow press there. So why do the world's most powerful individuals from industry and politics meet in a secret meeting? I mean, it kind of makes sense. They're talking about what's going on around the world because these people are in charge of industry and countries. If you're a company that runs a bunch of oil drilling you want to sit there and talk with someone where you might be drilling for oil or who might need oil. So, birds of a feather flock together. Why do weapon expos happen? Why do comic book conventions happen? Why is it? I, have a, I believe it's a conspiracy. The comic book industry secretly meets. Well, technically it's a secret, only because it's not really public. But, yeah, a bunch of different heads of industry from the comic book and movie industry meet to discuss a convention, Comic-Con, You see the point. The problem is, I don't care what they do at a comic book convention. That's cool. Whatever. I do care about what our politicians and global leaders are talking about behind closed doors when they go to, say, the World Economic Forum or when they, you know, in Davos or when they go to, say, Bilderberg or something like that. It's not that it's an evil totalitarian regime laughing and maniacally plotting the downfall of humanity. It's just industries coordinating and talking with governments. So when this person comes out and says, fight for the New World Order, well, a lot of people are, are asking questions. And the reason is the idea of the New World Order is extremely negative. It is not some uh, utopian vision of a planet where we all hold hands, sing together, and have one uh, unified governing authority by which there is a democratic process in how it's run. The New World Order conspiracy theory is more that a bunch of powerful elites think they're smarter than you, and they know it. And they're going li- to they're they're run your life, and that's the way things are going to be let me play for you the clip so you can hear it from fox news member of parliament kira Rudick says this here we go
0: but right now it's a critical time because we know that we not only fight for ukraine we fight for this new world order for the democratic countries
1: and there you go she said it right there she fights for the new world order of these democratic countries okay well let's talk about what's going on and talk about the lies before we get into everything, though, I do actually have a pretty cool sponsor for this video, and it's Ground.News. Go to ground.news slash Tim Pool if you would like to check out. It's an excellent way to get to get your news and know where the bias is. So I use the Ground.News extension. Why? On big tech and social media, you're getting heavily filtered news. You don't know who owns it. You don't know what their bias is. I see this all the time. Someone shares a story and I'm like, but, but who's writing this, right? And that matters too, especially as we're talking about Fox News and this idea of a new world order. This, this member of parliament giving an interview to Fox News, but Fox News right now is being accused by the Lincoln Project of being evil and pro-Putin. But then they put on someone who claims, well, then maybe you'd make the argument that it's discrediting the U.S. and NATO because the new world order freaks people out. Check it out at ground.news. They give you your headlines. It's awesome. I use Ground.News. And you can see who owns it, and you can see the degree of factuality, and you can see who's reporting on it. The coolest thing about this, in my opinion, is that you can see a story with major breaking news. Here we go. Derek Jeter steps down as Miami Marlins. Like, why is that relevant to this? Well, well, look, you can see that 59% of the stories, 22 sources, are coming from the left. This allows you to understand with the left or right what either side might not actually know. And you can actually make an assessment on whether or not the right is a prize to key issues. So again, check out ground.news slash Tim Download the app or the browser extension. I think it's fantastic. Um, you know, I don't agree with everything, they, they're, all of their assessments. But they, they do a fantastic job, substantially better than NewsGuard. Full disclosure, I and mean, this is a full-sponsored spot, but I, you know, I only agree to do it because I actually have the Ground.News News uh, uh, browser actually installed on, uh, uh, you know, on, you know, as I'm doing news. But so let's 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 get back to the main story, though. And a special shout out, thank you for sponsoring the show. The National reports: I will defend Ukraine as long as needed, says Ukrainian MP Kira Rudik. And, I, and this is another reason why I think sources like Ground.News News are good. Check this out. When trying to investigate what this woman is going on about, the New World Order, of course, I look up older stories from the Atlantic. Bury the Old World Order. The old ways of dealing with Russia no longer apply. What are they, what are they talking about, the New World Order? What are they talk, they're talking about the old ways of dealing with Russia. What they really mean is the old ways of dealing with other countries. What it sounds like they're actually saying is they overtly want a one, one world governing authority to deal with Russia, and they almost have it. I'm not saying it's about the conspiracy theory, what people believe about it. I don't know. I'm saying that with the swift payment system, with the liberal economic order, yeah, what we're seeing now against Vladimir Putin very much shows the solidifying of this planet under one governing authority by which you will ha- have no right to do anything. No rights, no free speech, no two way, none of that, because it's corporate. It's, it's corporate control. It's, it's, it's effectively authoritarian. But take a look at this story, and this is why, again, bias filters are important. The National, the newspaper that supports an independent Scotland. Okay, well, they're NewsGuard certified, so apparently they're a good source 100 out of 100. But what's their bias? As you scroll down and they talk about this uh, this MP, Kira Rudik, who says she has no plans to leave and she's got her Kalashnikov. Good for her, by the way, I respect that. You go down and she says, I don't have any plans to leave this country, but what did she say about a new world order? All right, well... Rudick added that she was extremely grateful to foreign countries for sanctions and the provision of military support, adding, every time I receive a message from all over the world, it makes my heart sing. People really, really do support Ukraine. She also said the invasion would precipitate a new world order, saying, there are tyrannies that need to be isolated and there are democratic countries who can ach- help each other evolve. This is why it's so important for us to stand on the bright side. And even if we feel that this is a David versus Goliath situation, I am still persuaded that once it's all gone, we will be able to build the country in a much better situation with better support with other countries. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on there a minute. The invasion would precipitate a new world order? What does that mean? That's not exactly what she said in the, in the statement to, to Fox News. She said she was fighting for a new world order. A new world order that the Anti-Defamation League says is a term used to refer to right-wing conspiracy theory. They became popular among anti-government extremists from the 90s onwards. New World Order conspiracists believe that a tyrannical socialist one-world conspiracy has already taken over most of the planet and schemes to eliminate the last bastion of freedoms in the United States with the help of collaborators within government. Though through repressive measures as well as manufactured crises such as terror attacks and pandemics, the globalist conspirators seek to em- eliminate dissent and to disarm Americans so that the New World Order can move in and enslave them. New World Order conspiracists also commonly believe the hundreds of concentration camps have been built in the U.S. ready to house dissenters. The government will declare martial law, possibly on a pretext, such as responding to a terror attack. And the government will engage in mass gun confiscations. Okay, well, you know, here's what I think. You, you always got to watch out for conspiracy theories because there could be a morsel of truth. Sprinkled about, that gets smeared and stretched to an absurd degree. Notably... You had George H.W. Bush say this new world order, and then everyone's like, he admitted it. And it's like, is he speaking like, is is he just using words or is he referring to something specific? Now, I'm not going to give these people the benefit of the doubt, mind you, but I'm also not going to give conspiracists necessarily the benefit of the doubt. You know, uh, look, let me, let me put it this way. Tyrannical socialist one world conspiracy. I don't know about, The extent to which there's a grand conspiracy, I think there's an emergent phenomenon through social media that's resulting in algorithms that favor socialist worldviews and policies. That should be apparent to everybody. Does that mean it's completely intentional? Not necessarily. So so here's my point. These things may be happening to some degree, but what happens is people assume they're all manufactured on purpose instead of being emergent. And that's different. Emergence is actually, in my opinion, kind of scary. You know, look, there are people who want to believe in these conspiracy theories because they can believe they can stop them. But if it's, an, if it's truly an emergent phenomenon, meaning it just tends to move in this direction because of the technology we build, well, then you're in a really bad place. Manufactured crises and everything. Well, you'd have to believe they're manufacturing the crises. So I don't know about all that, you know, OK, but I can say this MP who's talking about fighting for the new world order. Well, we've also got opinions that it could be the end of the New World Order, whatever you want to call it. There's the, uh, what is it, the Liberal Economic Order, was, it's, Ian talks about it all the time on Timcast IRL, and it's the idea that we would have, uh, it's effectively the New World Order, but it's like the not conspiracy version, I guess. It's basically the International Monetary Fund, It's it's financing the SWIFT payment system. It's really simple. Right now, they're booting Russia from the SWIFT payment system. They are effectively using cancel culture to control or stabilize po- po- geopolitics on the planet. The week Samuel Goldman writes why war in Ukraine means the end of the liberal wo- world order with Russia's invasion. The world's rules no longer apply. Hmm. Interesting. On the afternoon of August 5th, 1990, President George H.W. Bush appeared at a press conference on the South Lawn of the White House. After reviewing developments related to Iraq's invasion of Kuwait, Bush took questions from reporters. The last elicited the most memorable words of the crisis and perhaps Bush's whole presidency. This will not stand, this aggression against Kuwait. Bush's awkward grammar and delivery made the remark an object of satire. Most famously, in the Coen brothers' film The Big Lebowski, it was memorable or it was memorable, though less, because it was funny. It was it was funny then because Bush's words expressed a particular vision of international politics. Born in the wake of the Second World War, but made plausible by the collapse of the Soviet power, the vision promised an American-led world in which states would fight only in defense of recognized territorial boundaries, limiting their rivalries to economic sports and culture. And that's where we are right now. You can call it the New World Order. You can call it the Liberal Economic Order. You can call it the Liberal World Order. You can call it Globalism. I don't care what you call it. The fact is there was an effort by powerful elites after world war II to prevent a world war
0: from happening again. And for good reason. This podcast is sponsored by ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this for the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet ramp. The only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives. And now get two hundred and fifty dollars when you join ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy Ramp.com slash easy ramp dot com slash easy cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of D.I.C. terms and conditions apply.
1: Now, if you take some conspiratorial beliefs that there's manufactured terror attacks and stage stuff like that, and sometimes it does happen. I mean, the FBI has been deeply involved in, in, in some plots, then you might take it to a dark, dark place. I don't think we need to do that. I don't, I don't need to get involved in any of the darker conspiracies about who did what and what's going on. What I can tell you outright is that powerful international elites are concerned about war and conflict, so they try to sway their industries in certain ways. And you can rest assured that when, when large industries are meeting at, say, Bilderberg, they're probably discussing world order. So is there a new world order of totalitarian dictatorship? I don't think it's as dark as, um, you know, most people who believe in the conspiracy would think it out to be, like 1984. But it is creepy, because we are seeing the attempt at social credit systems. We do see what China does. China's got concentration camps with weaker Muslims. And if they're in any way involved in any kind of liberal economic order, well, then I'd be pretty freaked out too. But hold on there a minute. China's not. They're on the side of Russia on this one. Brazil just declared neutrality. China is backing Russia. China is going to be helping Russia pick up the pieces as Russia goes to war with Ukraine. So it's not so simple. This is why I don't like conspiracy theories. You you know, people would say, oh, this, that, or other. Well, I'll tell you this. If there really is a new world order, then you've basically got China and Russia saying they want theirs and the West saying they want theirs. So I'm just like, maybe we should operate on what we know, on who did it, and ignore any kind of grandiose global cabal ideas. Because we, we, it's it's hard to prove outside of like, you know, we know governments have treaties and we know businesses make deals. One of the things Vladimir Putin is basically saying is that he's opposing, you know, this uh, uh, this attempt at a liberal economic order. It doesn't work. A unifying government authority over so many different cultures doesn't make sense. And so you know what? While this, M- this Ukrainian MP is saying they're fighting for the new world order, perhaps that's correct. However you want to frame it. Perhaps Vladimir Putin is fighting against it. And then you end up with people in the culture war in the United States saying they're for or against it. There's a lot of people in the US uh, I'm seeing who are actually, I wouldn't say supporting Putin's war effort, but in a sense, defending Russia's ideals, that Russia's more traditionalist. There's certainly people defending Putin and Russia and America, don't get me wrong. I'm saying of prominent people. No, I see accounts online saying, look, he's fighting against the you know global homogenization and the New World Order or whatever. And I'm like, I think, sure, to an extent you can say that, but I just don't like the conspiratorial view of it because I think you end up missing... Uh, you end up... Failing to understand what's actually going on is probably much more simple than this. Vladimir Putin is a man of a particular particular world view. He doesn't like that Estonia and Latvia are NATO countries and now it's moving down through Ukraine so he says we're, we're not having that. I don't you know want what you guys want but more importantly, it's gas. Russia's being threatened because the taking of of Ukraine it's going to give Europe more control over gas and an opportunity to bring a, bring in alternate pipelines through Syria. This whole new world order, you know Vladimir Putin fighting uh, come on it's all propaganda i'm sure there's a morsel of truth in there, but let me tell you what I think is really going on. Syria falls the Western powers want cheaper gas in Europe they don't care about you know like i don't I don't think for the most part they they care so much about wokeness and culture war issues. I think they care about maintaining power. one of the ways they're going to do that is by putting the da- the boot down, putting the boot down on Vladimir Putin. He controls a lot of a lot of the gas going into Europe. He's got Nord Stream 2, which they just sanctioned again, which was dumb. Trump sanctioned it. And then he's got Gazprom going through Ukraine. You take a look at Hunter Biden in Ukraine. You take a look at Syria. And it all starts to make sense. The new world order isn't necessarily the issue at play here. Maybe if you want to believe that. It's just Western power. Maybe you'd argue, but Tim, the, the gas and oil is to give them that power. I don't need to go that far. I mean, by all means, you can believe whatever you want. But I'm saying this. The Western, NATO in the West wanted to build a pipeline through Turkey and through Syria and Turkey from Qatar. And then, uh, and I think not through Iraq, but through, yeah, through, through Syria. I have to pull up the map to look at the geography. They wanted to bring it through Ukraine and they wanted to displace, or not, not through Ukraine, I'm sorry, through Syria, through Turkey into Europe to displace the, the Ukrainian pipeline that Russia has. Syria said, no, Russia's our ally. All of a sudden, civil war breaks out and the West is helping supply the rebels and they oppose Assad. Convenient because we want to build that pipeline. And if we did, it would reduce Russia's uh, wealth. And they're already an empire in decline. I mean, an empire that collapsed and now in decline. Their, their GDP is not that big. So Russia knows oil is important to them. That's why they're building Nord Stream too. So when this happens and the U.S. is trying to gain favor in Ukraine, which could help the, the West and NATO control uh, gas prices and hurt Russia, Russia says no. It's really that simple. I don't think you need to go crazy and look into all this crazy uh, uh, conspiracy stuff and New World Order stuff. I'm sure there are people who believe it. I'm sure there are people who want globalism. I know Greenpeace are globalists. A lot of leftists are globalists, but they call themselves that. Like I don't accuse people of doing that. I say there's like certain degrees of internationalism versus nationalism my view is a bit mixed we should have open communication we should have uh, visa on entry with many countries you come to the border they check your passport all right visa on entry you get 3 months right trade agreements are most uh, i think are mostly fantastic so long as there's proper um, price controls because we don't want to destroy local economies in favor of just international trade plus you got to realize international trade is energy exhaustive like the the idea that we would chop down a tree in canada Send the wood to China to be turned into a skateboard and then shipped to be sold in the U.S. to me is nuts because we got we got rock maple here in the United States, and that was always crazy to me. Plus, it just, it's damaging to the local economy. So this idea of mass energy expenditure for you know that kind of trade, I'm not a fan of that. But anyway, my, my thing is you've got to have sovereign controls over your local laws. The fear really comes down to this in my opinion. The idea of the new world order would take away your right to set your own laws, and that was the Trans-Pacific Partnership in, in, to a great deal. That would have allowed corporate power. Trump shut it down. Of course, these other countries then try and make something new because they're desperate to establish these, these, these trade agreements. I don't think world leaders meet in a secret cabal to plan world domination. I do think world leaders already dominate the world and are seeking to enrich themselves and stabilize their power and make it more permanent. So that is to say... The reason they toss aside the ideas, like like Ian mentioned Cabal on Tim Cast Iron, I was like, oh, hold on, hold on, because that's the fictional action movie worldview. The reality is much simpler, and you don't need grand conspiracy theories. Powerful elites have meetings. That's it. Look, when I do shows, I get phone calls from podcasting companies, and I get calls from other, other podcasts, and we discuss, you know, you, you, are you guys going to have a guest on? Can we buy an ad spot? You know, when are you guys doing this? Is that a conspiracy to control the podcasting market? No, it's just business meetings about stuff. The issue is, the issue is global, powerful elites do run governments, do run corporations. They literally do run the world. So when they meet together and make plans for what they want to do and how they want to handle things, people take issue with it. Because we're supposed to be democratically run. I mean, I mean, that's the idea, right? But corporations aren't democracies. And therein lies the big issue about the new world order if that's what you're fighting for. It's not the governments you have to fear, in my opinion. Governments have a degree of accountability. You, th- There's a degree of fear, you know, we should have and, and distrust for government, but we can always challenge them and cause—oh, Donald Trump got elected. It's a good example. Tell me about electing a Donald Trump to the head of a major corporation if he seeks to, like, uh, let's put it this way— uh, um, I'm not going to call a specific company, but let's just say certain manufacturers that go to China. Do you think any one of these companies is going to elect to put Donald Trump on as their chairman of the board and CEO when his plan is to bring the factories back? Never going to happen. But Trump can get elected. And he can come in and can jam them up. They don't like it. They're angry about it. I believe the New World Order idea is an emergent phenomenon, not a conspiracy. I think powerful interests coalesce and then seek to empower themselves. And eventually you get centralized authority. In the meantime, Vladimir Putin's talking about a certain certain political policies like the IMF, like the U.N. He's critical of them. And I think his big issue is that Russia controls a lot of land on this planet. I think Russia is the biggest country and they produce oil. It keeps their people fed. The West is seeking to undermine that, which would harm Russia. So he goes to war. In my opinion, it really is that simple. Whatever this MP says. But I must say, I must say, in spite of all that, we have created the Alex Jones was right jar. That's right. On our kitchen counter here at the Cast Castle, we have Alex Jones was right jar. And there you go. And there's money in it. Some people have pointed out we should have filled the money up as a joke. Because the joke was like, every time he's right, you got to throw money in. It's a joke. But uh, here's one. You sure you can afford that game? Well, I'll tell you this. Alex Jones is also wrong a lot. But he predicted this war back in October. It's really interesting. I don't. I, I think you got to be careful about believing in grandiose uh, conspiracy plots to like rule the world, and just be more worried about emergent phenomena. And I'll tell you why. the The cabal idea insinuates there's an ideology among these people, and uh, and that's why they're doing what they do. But that is to suggest if you removed these people from power by voting them out or by you know like taking like you know boycotting their company or something like that, it, it implies it would stop. No, if Trudeau is gone, he'll be replaced by someone who would fall in line. If you know, there's a certain like you you look at Donald Trump getting in. Clearly, there's a chance at at at, at slowing things. But for the most part, the office controls you. You get the job as CEO and you do it the company. You, 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 you act in the company's interests. It's an emergent phenomenon. It's going to happen and we need to be conscious of it. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcast. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all there. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash.